0: I want to introduce you guys to our speaker tonight. I think you all know who he is. Um, this is uh, one of my favorite people who work here or who help us out. Guys, give a big round of applause for Andrew Foltz, everybody. Yes. Standing ovation. Where would he go? Right. Uh, sit back down. Sit back, sit back down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. All right, so pay attention. Here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do what you always do. Pay attention, laugh at his jokes, make him feel like he's funny, and then afterwards go up and say, jokes. he has no jokes, but go up to him afterwards and say, man, I learned so much about God, and tell him how grateful you are. All right, here we go. Okay, okay cool. All right, guys. So this is my first time I've been up here in a while, so bear with me. Now I'm kind of getting my bearings straight and all that, but I'm pretty excited to be up here. Um, well, with that being said, I do want to uh, thank Matt Clark for giving me the opportunity to be up on stage. Uh, again, I really do appreciate um, him letting me do this for tonight. Hopefully, if I don't mess up, I can come back again uh, after my green card passes. Okay, so hopefully he can delete. Hopefully he can delete that from uh, from the podcast. Anyways, okay, okay, guys, this is awkward enough. Okay, so the next step that I want to do is. You can go ahead and put up the next slide. I just kind of want to go over a little bit about myself, just so you guys kind of know who I am uh, and a little bit about me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, so this is a little bit about my schooling side of life. Uh, Kindergarten, I started out in tree life. Uh, The Chinese symbol, I went to the Philippines for three years. Uh, That's not the Philippines symbol, but it's close enough uh, then I went, ended up in third grade at Heritage Christian, that's up north. Uh, and then in fourth grade, I ended up in Delaware Christian. Maybe some of you guys might know this, um, know that school. Um, and then for fifth through eighth grade, I ended up at, here at Genoa uh, for fifth through eighth grade year. And then back again at Tree of Life, my ninth grade year. And then 10th through 12th grade, I uh, finished at Big Walnut. And I also went to the Delaware Area Career Center for our ar- architecture. So that's, that's kind of my schooling history about, about myself. A little bit about myself, about my involvement with Genoa. Um, so back in my middle school year, I went to the youth group here. Uh, at that time, we started at the uh, WAC. Uh, I don't know. My, Matt, do you remember? No, you weren't here for that. Does anyone remember uh, start, oh, starting at the WAC? OK, yeah. So we did that in the WAC for a little bit. And then when I went into high school, I went over to the youth barn. Oh, that's kind of fun as well. So that was a little bit about my history about Genoa. Oh, also back in 2013, I uh, Matt Page. Uh, he asked me to be a full time intern here, uh, and I really do appreciate what Matt Page did. Uh, what Matt Page, uh, I really do appreciate what he did for me because I really do remember my internship here for that year. So speaking about that, Matt Page and I we had this vision where we wanted to split the middle school and high school, so he wanted me to take over the middle school. Uh, he would be responsible for the high school, so we did that for a year. It was an amazing time. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Matt Clark and I, we still kind of have that vision, so hopefully one day uh, we can do the same, just kind of split the middle school and high school and kind of do some, some different stuff with uh, each grade. Um, and then, so after Genoa, after my internship, I ended up Uh, doing a couple more jobs. Um, My most recent job is I went, I work for a bank now, uh, specifically Chase Bank. Um, I've been there for four years now. And then uh, back in 2018, I started coming back here at Genoa to volunteer a little bit more. So again, I appreciate what Matt's doing about that. And so I also want to say something about Genoa in general. I really do, uh, I really do like being here at Genoa. I think Genoa is a special place. Um, I see people like Nick and I think Becky. Becky has been here for a while. Uh, so Nick and Becky have been here for a long time, so has the Fuller, Fullers. Uh, so uh, so I, really, I, I really think that we uh, really see something special about Genoa here. But with that being said, I don't feel like we can do anything uh, alone. I don't think the leaders can help progress. Genoa's youth group, so it's up to you guys to really uh, get involved at Genoa and to really be bold about your, uh, amongst your friends and to really invite them to come here at Genoa and to really just be honest with them and just say, hey, you know, I like Genoa. Um, I want you to judge Genoa for yourself, so please just come along with me uh, and see what you, think, what you guys think about Genoa. So that's a little bit about my introduction to this whole thing. So I really want to get, I really want to dig down into tonight's message. So with that being said, let me pray for us, and then we'll just uh, dig right in. So dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, tonight. I just thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, be up on stage again. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for another uh, day to breathe here on this earth. But with that being said, um, I'm always scared about uh, my future and uh, what that holds. Um, I know some of us may not know where we're going, uh, either heaven or hell, but uh, I just pray that if people here don't understand uh, where they're going, I just pray that you can just uh, use tonight to kind of speak into their hearts. Um, Lord, I just pray that you can just push me aside, uh, let people forget that I'm here, but I pray that people will just concentrate on uh, what you have to say tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I believe that you can go to the next slide. Uh, so the next slide says Mark, Matthew, and Luke. So this story that we're going to talk about tonight is located in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. And I say Mark, Matthew, and Luke. You know, typically, you, you hear Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But if you know anything about the Bible, Mark was actually written first, then Matthew, and then Luke. So typically what I like to do is I just like to put the first book first. So I typically say Mark first. Um, So, the story is about, uh, the story is found in three different books of the Bible, and I am excited to know that it's found in three different books of the Bible, because if you understand the Bible, uh, sometimes you'll see the same story over and over and over again in different parts of the Bible. Uh, The story that we're about to talk about tonight is one of those stories. And what's exciting to know about that is that uh, you get three slightly different perspectives about the same situation. So we're gonna be talking about a specific situation, but if you read Mark, Matthew, and Luke, you're gonna get slightly different perspective about the situation. So I am excited to know that uh, that stuff like that happens uh, in the Bible, and we just don't get one specific perspective. We, in this story, we, we can get three different perspectives. So I wanna, uh, so tonight I wanna just make three simple uh, points uh, about tonight. The first one, I think you can go ahead and put the power slide on. The first one, we're going to be talking about tax collector. Pretty simple. The second one, we're going to be talking about uh, why the uh, people hate uh, Levi. is the tax collector. So we're going to be talking about why people hate the tax collector. And number three is, I like I titled this, Jesus Drops the Mic on the Religious Leaders. So number three, bullet, bullet point number three, uh, point number three is pretty exciting. So that's why I kind of titled it a little bit more fun for us. But to get to point number three, we have to go through point number one and two. So simply number one, uh, the point that I want to make about Levi, so Levi is a tax collector. So to you, a tax collector may not mean uh, much to you. Uh, by definition, a tax collector is a person who collects unpaid taxes from other people. So a tax collector is someone who pay, who, someone who collects unpaid taxes from other people. So that might not mean a lot to you guys at this point in the story, which is fine. Um, in modern day history, so 2019, the way that I like to view this as is Levi is basically working for like TurboTax, H&R Block, or is it like a CPA person? So if you guys understand, uh, you know, TurboTax or who a CPA person is, that's basically what Levi is. So Levi is a tax collector. So there's really nothing, nothing wrong with being a tax collector uh, in today's society. You know, everyone may know some people that are CPAs. So there's really nothing wrong these days about being a tax collector. But back in Jesus' day, um, tax collectors were not considered uh, the best people. Um, if, you were, if you considered yourself a tax collector, you might as well call yourself two different uh, synonymous names. So if you were a tax collector, you might as well call yourself a liar and a thief. Because back in Jesus' day, uh, tax collectors were known for cheating people out of their money. And so what I mean by that is, let's say Levi comes up to you. Uh, Levi says that you owe the government uh, $300. So you're like, okay, so you pay the man $300. And then you go on your way back home. And then you kind of decide to kind of check up on what Levi says. And it's like, okay, $300 seems a little bit much. But let's see exactly how much I actually had to owe the government. So you log into your Tobotax account, and then you kind of do the you know, tax forms and stuff. And then you realize that the government is only asking you to pay $100 back uh, to the government. So, Leroy knows this. Leroy knows that you're only supposed to pay $100, but he told you that you were were supposed to pay $300. So, what he does is he uh, gives the $100 to the government, and then he pockets the $200 or the difference. So, that's one of the reasons why people hated the tax collectors back in those days, because they would uh, rip you off of your money and they were known for doing that. Another reason why people hated the tax collectors, uh, which is really interesting, because I didn't know this until I dug down into it, is that the tax money that was collected, like the $100 that was collected from you guys, went back towards the Roman Empire. So again, that may not mean a lot to you at this point, but if you understand the Jews and the Romans, the Jews did not consider themselves on the same par as the Romans. The Jews did not consider themselves as Romans. And so why would the Jews pay money to go back towards the Roman Empire? So uh, that, in modern-day history, that's like us going, uh, us paying taxes and then giving it to, like, the European government. It just does not make any sense. You now we don't live in Europe, so why are we paying other taxes? So that's kind of the two points that I want to make about why people hated tax collectors. So kind of uh, keep that in mind as we are going down throughout the story. So, um, the next point that I want to make is that um, I want to I kind of dive into tonight's message. Uh, you can go ahead and point up, put the next PowerPoint up. Uh, the next PowerPoint uh, you'll find in, you'll find in Mark 2, 15 through 16. Um, and so let me kind let me kind of uh, kind of uh, describe to you what's going on in this passage. So in Mark, in, in this story, where we see that Levi. Uh, finds, uh, Jesus finds Levi, uh, Jesus asks Levi to be a disciple of him, uh, Levi says yes, and then Levi uh, puts on a, uh, a party for, for Jesus as a kind of a, as a thank you for picking him as a disciple. So this is where we pick up. We pick up the story at Levi's party. So later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors And other sinners ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? So I kind of want to point something out. So let me read again what's going on here. So in this passage, we, we see that Levi puts on a party. Levi invites other tax collectors and other sinners And if you understand what's going on here, you understand that if you have the titleship of other sinners, that's not a very good uh, title to have. It's not like, uh, you know, if I brought my mom up on stage and I was like, uh, you know, hey, sinner, this is everyone, everyone, this is my sinner. Having the titleship of sinner is not a good perspective to have. And to kind of further that understanding is if you read down below, it says the Pharisees are asking, Jesus, why are you eating with these scum. So the word scum is synonymous for tax collectors, Levi, and other sinners. And so by the definition of scum, it actually means, and you can put up the next PowerPoint, the definition of scum is a low, vile, worthless person or group of people. So again, being called a scum is not putting someone in the best light. So a scum means a low, vile, or worthless person. Uh, group of people or person. So just kind of keep that in mind because we're going to be talking about uh, people that we consider scums in our lives. But before we get to that, uh, I just want to be open and honest with you. I had a a difficulty kind of getting this message started because uh, I was just kind of struggling with like the concept that we're trying to push for for tonight's message because uh, last week it was Nick, Matt, and I, we sat in uh, Matt's office, kind of going over uh, big pictures about what's going on in Genoa, and kind of the uh, uh, bottom lines that we want to address uh, throughout the series. And then I was kind of, you know, talking to them. I was kind of having a hard understanding of like what what kind of message can I teach about about Levi. And so, because I was what I was doing was I was putting myself in Levi's shoes, and I was like, okay, so you know, we're going to be talking about Levi. Levi's story sounds a lot like uh, the, Samaritans woman, uh, the, the Samaritan woman at the well that we talked about last week. So if I put myself in Levi's shoes, it, it kind of sounds like uh, what we talked about last week. So I was having a, uh, trouble kind of, uh, I was talking to myself, and I was like, I don't understand what I can talk about that wasn't already said last week from Matt Clark. So I was really kind of struggling with that. But then Nick kind of pointed something out to, to us. I really appreciate uh, what Nick said. Nick said that we shouldn't look at the story from Levi's perspective, but we should be looking at the story from the Pharisee's perspective. And so what that means is that you here in this audience tonight should not be looking, should not be looking at, uh, uh, at Levi's perspective and putting yourself in Levi's shoes, because we already talked about that last week. But what you should be doing is putting yourself in the Pharisee's, Pharisees shoes and then kind of having that perspective. And so what I mean by that is, if you put yourself in the Pharisees' shoes, uh, there are people in your life, I call them Levi's for this illustration. So there are people in your life, like Levi, who have done something to hurt you, uh, who have lied to you, uh, lost your trust, uh, stole money from you, just any kind of of big picture, uh, there are some Levi's in your life. And I do want to spend some time about a Levi in my life Uh, This is kind of getting a little bit personal, but this is why uh, I'm here. This is why I want to open up to you guys. And so to let you guys know is, so Levi in my life is that back in my ninth grade year, for four years, so my ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade year, uh, I was dating this girl. Um, I won't say her name just in case one day she listens to this podcast uh spoiler alert we don't talk anymore so she'll never listen to this to this podcast but i'm still not going to say her name okay but to get a big picture is that i was dating this girl for four years and we only saw each other four or five times in that four years and that's because uh she lived in south carolina and so uh yeah, there's, there's a couple of states in between, Ohio. So I was living here, and she was living in South Carolina. Um, at that time, it was considered MySpace. If you guys know what MySpace is, we met over MySpace. Um, anyways, so to get back to the point, is that sh- what I want to say is that I had a lot of resentment torture after our, our high school year together. Because what happened was uh, I... Uh, I didn't go to, like, any of my, like, dances. I didn't go to, like, my prom or homecoming because I wanted to be, you know, a good boyfriend. I didn't want to go with any, any other girls uh, and stuff like that. And so I thought I was being a good boyfriend by uh, doing stuff like that, not going to stuff like that. And then eventually she, you know, we broke up. There's a couple reasons why we broke up. Um, one is because she... Want, so this is kind of why I resent her because I feel like I spent, like, four years being faithful, and then I had a couple reasons why I didn't want to move down to South Carolina, and then she kind of just, you know, left. So a couple of, couple of the reasons why is she wanted to have, does anyone know who what John and Kate Plus 8, that TV show, no, yeah, a, couple, a few of you guys know? Okay, she, so obviously I'm Asian by birth, she's a white person by birth, um, and she wanted to have John and Kate Plus 8 babies, and so right out of high school. So she wanted me to graduate, and then she wanted to pop out babies. And I was like, I was like, uh, I can't do that. Well, to be honest, I was like, okay, let's do this. And then I talked to my parents, and I was like, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm moving to South Carolina. Uh, Not going to school there. I'm just moving there because of this girl. And they were like, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. But just know that uh, they weren't going to give me any money. Uh, if, if I did that uh, because I was showing them that I was responsible enough to just leave everything behind and move to South Carolina. And so over my senior year, I was like, crap, uh, I, I don't want to do that. You no, know, I don't want to move down to South Carolina. Uh, I won't have any kind of schooling down there. I don't know, you know where we live and stuff like that. And so I told her during my senior year that I was gonna uh, do this, and so eventually we we broke up um, because of reasons like that. So that's kind of like my Levi in my story is because another part that I want to say is I c- considered myself a faithful boyfriend because I remember years later after high school I had a couple of gal friends that were uh, that I was friends with, and they they would be like, you know, Andrea, I I wish you weren't dating this girl because. I really liked you, but, you know, you were really faithful to her. Uh, You never had wandering eyes towards me. And so I kind of resented Amy. Oh, crap, not Amy. Uh, Shoot. Her name's Ashley, okay? Fine. Her name's Ashley, okay? Son of a gun. Shoot. So I resented Ashley for, for this, okay, because I wanted to date other people in my state. But anyways, so that's my Levi in my life. Let's move on to Levi's in your life, okay? Can you edit that? No, okay, cool, okay. Yeah, so um, people, Levi's in your life. Let me just kind of describe to you a couple of Levi's that uh, may be in your life. Um, people, so like my situation, you know, have you ever had someone, you know, reject you and hurt you? Uh, just because they didn't want to date you, Uh, those can be your Levi's in your life. Uh, Some other Levi's in your life could be like, you know, honestly, like your parents. Uh, If you don't have like a good relationship with like your parents, uh, they can be Levi's in your life. So just kind of keep that in mind, because we're going to be talking about your Levi's in your life. So, um, okay, go ahead and put up the next PowerPoint. I think I kind of jumped around. Let me see what the next PowerPoint says. Okay uh next powerpoint again please okay so yes th- so that's the question that I want to leave with you guys tonight and I I love putting up questions up on the uh board or the power- or the slides so you can kind of uh, take pictures write them down because what I like to do is I like to ask myself a lot of questions and then uh and then just kind of decipher uh some answers uh from them so if you want to take pictures or write them down, this is, an, this is a question that I really want you guys to pay attention. So who has hurt you in your life, and who are your Levi's? Um, so with that being said, let me just talk to you a little bit about my third PowerPoint, my third point, and you can go ahead and point that, put that up on the stage. I'll go ahead and put my third point on the stage is that I believe it should say that Jesus drops the mic At some point when Matt and Burleson and Allie are done talking, they'll put that on the stage. So uh, go ahead and put the third point on the stage, please. Okay, so we're going to be talking about this then, okay? So anyways, we're going to be talking about Jesus drops the mic. So what I mean by that is if you pay attention to this, to this, to what Jesus says um, up on the screen, uh, if you really understand what Jesus does, Jesus, um, when it comes to like the Pharisees or even your life, Um, What we like to do with Jesus is that we like to ask him a question and try and put him in like a a, uh, corner. So sometimes, and I do this with myself, sometimes I will ask Jesus, hey, hey, Jesus, it's either A or B, or sometimes, Jesus, it's the answer, the answer that I'm looking for is A and B. So it's either A or B, Jesus, or A and B. Which one is it? But what Jesus likes to do is he likes to say, I reject your A, uh, I reject your B, I'm going to give you a C. So this is what Jesus does. Jesus gives us a different, a different answer, an answer that we don't expect. And he does this a lot. So if you really pay attention and really study Jesus, this is what he does. And this is why I love uh, the way that Jesus thinks. He thinks so much differently uh, than us and so much differently uh, than, uh, than I. And I, I always try and, uh, again, I always try and, like, corner Jesus into an answer that I'm looking for. Uh, but he always finds a different answer. So this is what Jesus says. So this is right after when uh, the Pharisees said, now why are you eating with these scum, Jesus? So when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people do not need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So again, let me just, let me just uh, reread what Jesus says um. Healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. And I love this part here. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So, again, if you put uh, the next PowerPoint up, this will be our bottom line that I want you guys to concentrate for tonight. Is that our bottom line for tonight, if you don't get anything, if uh, if you only remember my story that I told. And I want you to remember this bottom line, too. That Jesus came for the Levites. Of this world, Jesus came for the Levites of this world, and I know this because of uh, what Jesus says. If you put up the next power, PowerPoint, it says that I know that Jesus came for the Levites of this world of this world because I have because Jesus says I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. So another question that I want you to ask yourself is this: is what does it mean to think you are righteous? You can go ahead and put up the next slide. Is I want you guys to kind of pay attention and kind of talk about this tonight with your, with your small group leaders. Is What does it mean to think you are righteous and to know that you are a sinner? Because if you really think about it, think you're, think, to think you are righteous and to know that you are sinners are two completely different things. Completely different. And so to kind of summarize... Tonight's message, I just kind of want to recap of what tonight, tonight's message was about. So in this story, uh, we are the Pharisees uh, in this story, um, and we have Levi's in our lives. And the Levi's in our lives is we, we need to forgive those people uh, that have hurt us. Um, and so I kind of just want to uh, leave you guys with just an open-ended question of, uh, of that. So who are the Levi's in your life? Um, but I also want to say, what the, next, the last PowerPoint is this, what happens if you don't forgive your Levi's? So this is a huge, huge question to ask yourself. What happens if you don't forgive people that have hurt you? Now, in this story that I read tonight, uh, specifically, uh, it does not talk about what happens to the Pharisees. It doesn't, it doesn't say, after, after Jesus drops the mic on them, it doesn't say what the Pharisees did next. But I will tell you that if you study the Bible, you can draw conclusions about, uh, this question, this question about what, what happens if you don't forgive people. And I want to tell you, uh, from a personal perspective that if you don't forgive people in your life, uh, your heart becomes bitter and your walk with Christ is choked out by thorns. So if you don't forgive people, your heart will become bitter and then your walk with Christ will, uh, be choked out by thorns, and so I encourage you guys to uh, just forgive those people uh, that have hurt you in your life. It took me a few years to forgive Ashley, so, uh, but I, I promise you, after I did forgive her, uh, my life has been a, a really amazing journey uh, to walk with Christ, and so I just kind of want to end. Before I end, I want to bring Matt up on stage because he's going to uh, play one more song, and then while he's playing, I'll just pray us out. But while he's getting ready, uh, I just want to harp on this because, uh, I don't know, I don't want to like, you know, beat a dead horse, but seriously, guys, think about people that have, uh, from parents, from friends, teachers, um, grandparents, I know, I'm, guys, I know some of your guys' stories, and I know some of you guys have been through a lot. And so I, I encourage you guys to just start to forgive those people that really hurt you. And with that being said, let me pray for us. Our dear, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for uh, letting me come up on the stage and just talk about forgiveness. Because, Lord, I'm just uh, talking, just you and I right now. Lord, it took me a while for, uh, for my Levi's to be, to be forgiven. But I just thank you that uh, you helped me through. Uh, those situations, and so with that being said, Lord, I just pray that uh, tonight here, that uh, the students here at Genoa, that get, they can really just concentrate on the people in their lives that have hurt them, and to really just uh, let that go, Lord. Uh, that's a phrase that you have taught me over and over and over again, uh, and it's just, you know, letting go, and I appreciate uh, you telling me that every day, And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.